everyone, and welcome back to the Moral Hangover Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dom, and I am joined by my producer, Victoria Bruno. Happy Memorial Day weekend! Well, actually, now it's Memorial Day. We're recording this on Saturday, but you'll be hearing this on Monday when it's Memorial Day. So happy Memorial Day. It's the unofficial start to summer. Thank God for that. I love being in quarantine during the summertime. Except we're not doing anything this weekend, but... You know, working on our skincare. <laughs> we are, you guys. I have this issue with self-tanner. I, we didn't even plan to talk about this. I'm just going to bring it. It's a current topic. I am 23. Victoria's 23. I'm a skincare junkie. We're both skincare junkies. And I always put self-tanner on, and it peels off my face. Someone please tell me why it's peeling off my face. I need someone to DM me and tell me how I can fix this. But anyway, moving on with it upward. This Memorial Day weekend, we are doing a whole lot of nothing. Vic, tell us what your current situation is. I am doing a social media detox because the unofficial start of summer also means the unofficial start of bikini season on Instagram. And this is the time of year that I don't know if anyone can relate. You really just start feeling like shit about yourself. The fact that you didn't meet the deadline, that your body is not bikini ready. So this summer, you know what? I'm loving my body because who gives a fuck? I have cellulite. I have fat on my stomach. I'm embracing it because what it comes down to, if people are judging you on social media based on your appearance, it comes down to that you have your own insecurity problem or does my appearance really affect you? As you could tell, I really feel a type of way about this. And I mean, and last year, my Instagram was very bare. I didn't want to post anything in a bikini. I hated every picture. And I'm not letting myself do that to myself this year. No, own it. Oh, that big booty. I'm slim, thick, and I'm going to love it. <laughs> That's why I posted in a monokini because my lower stomach is definitely not where it needs to be with the quarantine 15. So it covers it, but it still creates this illusion of skinniness. But also at the same time, like, why are we so fixated with the thought of we need to look a certain way in our bikini to feel good? I blame TikTok and Instagram for creating unrealistic beauty standards. The reason I am really loving this detox, even though I'm already messing it up. So with our business, we're always on Instagram because people are messaging us, people are commenting on things, and we want to make sure that we're there listening to you guys and engaging. So that's been tough. I've already downloaded it today. But I deleted it and all the deleted apps I have, I deleted TikTok, I deleted Snapchat, I deleted Facebook, LinkedIn. So I'm basically detoxed for this weekend. I don't want to see it. And I think it'll be nice because when I'm on TikTok or Instagram, I'm always like, okay, why don't I have this? Or why don't I look like this? And it's tough. It's tough, especially in the industry we're in doing podcasting, because you're constantly looking at yourself and we're interviewing like low key mini celebs from our area or from the United States, whatever. And they're beautiful. So then it makes you think, okay, what do I need to fix to like be as good looking? And Vic and I actually got in this conversation because I was talking about my saggy eyelids. I was like, my eyes look so saggy in this video. And she's like, no one is looking at your eyelids. Okay. We all have our own insecurities. I have saggy eyelids. I never knew that that was something I should have been self-conscious about because that was <laughs> that was the last thing on my list. I had a whole laundry list and never did I think these eyelids were not considered beauty standards, which is just so fucked up. And it really just proves a point. It really does. The second reason why I want a social detox from social media right now is because people are not following the rules of a pandemic. People are down the shore. And if you're at the shore, I'm so jealous of you right now. But also, (laughs) I'm going to pretend like I'm not, okay? Because we know we're supposed to be social distancing. Do you think that's going to happen down the shore when everyone's on the beach? 
Probably not. I've seen Snapchat stories of people together in groups. And I'm like, all right, you're seriously just spreading. I don't want to say the good news. You're spreading the bad news. That's what you're doing. You're spreading the bad news. So that's been hard to see because I want to be with my friends. Obviously, I want to be out. Obviously, I don't want to be in a bathrobe in my house doing nothing. It's really killing the vibes. And honestly, it's just such unchartered territory. And like, we're really going to see in two weeks. Our case is still going down or do they go back up? And if they're going down, it's like, okay, good. We might be in the clear for the summer and we can get our lives back a bit. But, you know, I'm I'm not guinea pig to test it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm going to take my two cents in and I never get political. We're going to get political for two seconds. I think the government is doing this to boost the economy because the economy is taking such a hit. I mean, unemployment is at an all time high. I think it's higher than it was during the Great Depression. So obviously they want to stimulate the economy and that's where they're opening things. And there's this huge thing with Dr. Fauci. People are saying he's making shit up. Obviously he's not. He's a doctor. He no science. He's trying to look out for the best interests of everyone and their lives. He's not going to make shit up and be like, oh, you can't go outside just to be like a loser. No, he obviously cares and wants to make an impact. Clearly why he went to this field. But I think people are taking it as, I don't know. I think they're they're in like a fight with him. That's kind of the impression I'm getting in the media, but whatever. That's my two cents. Take it or leave it. I actually have a funny story I want to talk about. Speaking of Memorial Day weekend. Let's hear it. So ladies and gentlemen, Last Memorial Day weekend, I was staying at my friend Sam's family shore house in South Jersey. So the South Jersey shores, so like Avalon, Stone Harbor, Sea Isle, all that. And one of the guys I was talking to, we're going to call him Frenchie for the sake of the story. He had a house uh, town over. So he comes over to pregame. We're out at this bar. And next thing you know, drunk Coco comes out. Or we could even call her Bianca. I have two alter egos, Coco and Bianca. So she's out. And I do this thing when I get drunk with guys. I'm like, I want to go home. I don't want to be at the bar anymore. I want to go home. So I do that. I make him get on the jitney with me. <laughs> we go back to his house. What I basically invite myself over. Oh, a jitney is a bus that takes you from shore point to shore point And you pay like $3. Oh, you took a jitney. Yeah, I took a jitney home. And you know, it's so funny. I saw so many people I knew on the jitney. And like, it's not a good look when you're with a guy. You know what I mean? Like they followed me on social. They obviously knew like we weren't boyfriend, girlfriend or anything. So whatever. Go back to his house. I slept over. We slept in his grandmother's room his dead grandmother um and he was like you have to be did he not have a room like i didn't know why was it the dead grandma's room i don't know why but that's where we ended up okay i would have been like why am i here like (laughs) so we're at the dead grandmother's room he's like clearly still sentimental about it and like getting in his feels so he's like let's just go to bed i'm like okay great i'm going to bed wake up the next morning I think my biggest nightmare happened, except I was awake. So I couldn't make the dream stop. Okay. Everyone is home at this house. I hear a mom. I hear a dad. I hear a sister. And I'm like, shit, I am in a matching two piece lemon set with a little bit of cleavage. And how am I going to get out of here without them seeing me? First thought, I'm like, let me jump out the window. Couldn't jump out the window. It was way too high. Second thought, I'm like, I'm going to shit my pants. Third thought, I'm just going to go down the stairs and face this. So. I start going down the stairs and next thing I hear is a slow clap starting from his sister. And I'm like, great. This is really just off to a great start. I see the dad, the sister, the mom. Like, oh, hi, Katie. The mom knows me because our moms are friends in college. I'm like, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Frenchie. Like, how are you? Makeup (laughs) smeared all over my face. I look like a crack whore, okay? What was your vibe during this? Were you like awkward and quiet or were you like- Oh, I was so awkward and quiet. I was not- (laughs) not trying to talk to anyone it was like 7 a.m i look like i just got run over by a truck and this is not how to be meeting someone's parents so then i'm like ah nice to see you all okay i'm just gonna leave i skirted out that door so quick 
But then it gets worse. I had to break into Sam's house to get back inside at like 7 a.m. because his whole family was sleeping. I was like, great. I'm really just such a good influence today. It's a lot different than this weekend. But I just had to share that because if you have ever had to do a walk of shame in front of someone's parents, you know how torturous that is. I just and it wasn't so even a walk questions. of shame because nothing happened. We went straight to bed because of the dead granny. I know. I just have so many questions with that story. Like, one, why did he even say yes so you can come to his house if he knew he'd be uncomfortable? Two, why is his family up at 7 o'clock in the morning? Like, okay. all just chilling in the living room? Number one. I think he was into it because he's been trying to date me since he met me, which was like three years ago. So he's actually, so my friend dates his friend and he's known me since I started dating. So, so I think turn it down. he couldn't turn it down. He's known <laughs> me for like three years now. And he was, I guess, just all he's like, this it. is my chance. This, this is, is my chance. chance. And it wasn't, and it still wasn't. And we, and we just haven't worked out, whatever. It's fine. He's a great guy though. So second question, I feel like it's a parent thing. Like I feel like parents are always up early. I don't know what it is, but parents are always up early. My dad does this thing where he will come into my room on the weekends at 7am to empty my trash. I am asleep. Why do you think at 7am is a good time to empty my trash? Please tell me. Cause then I'm up and then I'm like pissed off. I'm clearly not mad about it. Okay guys, I'm not mad about it. Okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> so something Vic and I wanted to touch on aside from our social media detoxes was an anagram test. A lot of people who know me actually wrote in this question a while ago and they were like, I want you to talk about anagrams, what they mean, how you can figure out more about yourself and all of that. Anyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with personality tests. I love learning more about yourself and like self-reflection. So if you don't know what an anagram is, it's gaining a lot of popularity across social media. It's a different type of testing where it can help you find more like self-knowledge about yourself. And it's at a more objective, deeper level. So it's not like a Myers-Briggs. It's kind of more, you can find out your basic fears, your basic desires, your key motivation for your personality type. So I find it super insightful learning about myself, but also learning about others. I make all my friends take this. I make every guy I'm seeing take this because I just need to know how we like fit. But you also learn like how your friendship works and what they value in, in their lives and what you value and kind of finding like a happy medium to that, like meeting halfway in the words of Fergie. Exactly. And this is getting really HR, but it also really helps. It's getting super HR. <laughs> but it helps with emotional intelligence because we're all not the same and it helps you read your friendships even better because if someone acts a certain way, like sometimes I take it personally, but but then you realize like, no, that's their way of communicating. That's the way that they act. Like, so it's really, it teaches you a lot about people. So we both took it so we can make sure it was fresh in our minds. So I'm a type seven, which is called the enthusiast. And oh my God, do I have a list? I'm a type seven, which is called the enthusiast. There we go. Okay. And Vic, she's the number six. I'm going to dive into a little bit about the seven. Then we'll talk about the six. And then we're basically just going to go from there. And I hope you guys take this test so you can learn more about yourself. So number seven, I'm sure this is not a shock to anyone who knows me and listens to this podcast. I mean, number sevens. Okay, what am I doing? I, I see number sevens are distractible and I'm getting distracted as we're talking. Number sevens are the busy, fun, loving type. They're spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Checks off every box of me. Their basic fear is being deprived and being in pain. I don't know so much about that one. Um, that sounds like very dark and intense. So I would love to get clarification on that at the Inst Anagram Institute, please follow up with that but their basic desire is to be satisfied and content and have their needs met which I think is accurate because I feel like everything I do I want to be I'm always searching for like more happiness or I'm searching for like something that's going to give me energy or excite me so that's definitely accurate and my key motivations they want their freedom they want their happiness they want to avoid missing out wow doesn't this sound like FOMO for my social media detox 
and they want to keep themselves excited, occupied, and avoid discharge pain. Okay, they didn't need to say the word discharge pain. I think that just gets weird. But basically, that sums up the type seven. So for the six, my basic fear is of being without support and guidance, which I get because I feel like I'm always telling my friends or always looking for like that support or someone just to tell me I'm right. Like I know I'm right. You are so supportive. Like as as friends, Vic is so supportive in anyone's endeavors. And I'm not just saying that. Obviously, like I'm not just going to say that if I don't think it's real. But she's super supportive and she's so great at checking in on people and like seeing how they're feeling, seeing how they're doing. And that's something I love about her is she's super consistent with that. It makes you feel like you're appreciated. Bet you didn't think that one was coming, Vic. I know. Wow. And Kate, you're not a sappy person. I'm like sappy central, but you were totally not. So, okay, my basic desires have security and support. See, you just gave me support. See, you know me. You know my type. See? Okay, and then my key motivations. Want to have security, to feel supported, to have certitude, reassurance, to test the attitudes towards them. Yeah, and to fight against anxiety and insecurity. Like, this is literally me in a nutshell. And it's funny, we came out this week with our unfiltered friend on Instagram. So if you haven't seen that, go look at it. But I told my boyfriend to look at it. And he didn't say anything at first. And I was like, excuse me? Do you have feedback for me? Like, are you proud of it? Are you like, no, this is not a go. And then, you know, I got my feedback. But I'm always totally like, I'm the loyalist. Like, I need support from people because that's what I want to give to people. Yeah. yeah that's I, my spiel. <laughs> I think two things kind of influence anagram. I'm big on thinking that birth order affects, like, who you are as a person. I'm a middle child. I think like, you know, like youngest, oldest, I think a family dynamic really impacts how you are the way you are and how you react to things. I used to hear this saying, you are who your inner child needed when you were younger. So you, you turn into who you needed when you were younger. And I think that sculpts a person. Like for me, I grew up with au pairs. I talked about this last week. I met parents both worked full time and they both worked full time because they grew up very poor. Like my mom, I remember she told me that she didn't get a new pair of pants until she was 10 years old. Like she'd always gotten like hand-me-downs or stuff from Goodwill. And it honestly made me almost cry because I felt so sad and like a spoiled brat. But because they weren't really around, I was always looking for friends. And I was just looking for things to do to like keep myself busy so I wasn't sad. And that's totally who I am now, which sounds you know super book? dark and deep. But No, but you know what book? This is also getting HR on you guys again, but I took an <laughs> HR class. We don't work life. in HR, guys. We don't work in HR. But I did take a class that had me read this book that you should totally read. It's called Reinventing Your Life. And the first few chapters touch on your life traps. And it's literally everything you just said. And there's like these, maybe it's 12 life traps, maybe it's seven. I don't know. We can get into that in a different episode if you guys want to hear about it. But basically, it's just this test that compared to when you were a child to when you're now and why you have like the certain issues that you have. And it's really interesting. Like one is like entitlement. One is abandonment. I have abandonment. Mine was vulnerability. But it's really interesting. So you should definitely look at that, too. I do need to look at that. But then I also like, yeah, I guess I may be even entitled because in my mind, I'm like, I don't need to reinvent myself because I think personally, I'm almost too self-aware where I know what triggers me and why I am the way I am. And then I like always replay those things and I overanalyze it. And I'm like, oh, my God, why did I always call this person's house when I was five years old to try and hang out with them? And I never thought anything was wrong with that. Like, I always am, like, replaying things. It's funny. Me and you are very different. But when it comes to, like, overthinking and being self-aware, I think we're both, like, the same. We're, like, too self-aware that I'm, like, was that awkward that I said that? And then you're, like, was that awkward that I said that? (laughs) 
so many times after interviews, I'll be texting you and I'll be like, was that weird I said that? I literally said to someone, I was like, oh, we should be friends. I always want to hang out with people we get to talk to because we really open up and we get to learn a lot about them. And I think once you start to learn about a person, you can really respect them and like love their story. And I'm always like, let's do drinks, let's be friends, like whatever. And I said to Vic, I was like, was that weird I said that? And she's like, no, it's fine. You're overthinking it. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> but you know what I think about? I kind of wish we were a boy sometimes because we are so compatible. I know this sounds really weird. Okay, this is about to get weird, but stay with me. I'm here. Okay, we're not lesbian, but there's nothing wrong with being lesbian. I love lesbians, but we're very straight. But if we weren't straight, I could see us being a really good relationship because Vic actually fills every area of life that I don't have. Like basically every gap that I have in my personality, Vic has. And opposites attract, I guess, right? Yeah. So I guess I need to are start finding. I think maybe we are. I think I need to start finding sixes because the last person I dated who I may take this test, he was a five. And that was just a no. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was so handsome, but number I think you're the loyalist in your life. Yeah. So number fives are the investigators. So they always are like searching for truth. And he told me, he was like, I hate pop culture. And I was like, I think we're done here. I think, <laughs> I think we're done here. For anyone who doesn't know, the other types of anagrams are number one is the reformer. Number two is the helper. Number three is the achiever. Number four is the individualist. Five investigators, six the loyalist, seven the enthusiast eight, the challenger, nine, the peacemaker. So I highly encourage everyone to take the test. There's a fast one that's like 35 questions online. If you Google fast anagram test, take it and let me know your results because then I can decide if I like you and if we would get along. (laughs) But speaking of anagrams, finding yourself. So we had this guest today. Her name was Naomi Genota. And I feel like our interview was all about finding yourself and I don't know. She was just so balanced and it made me feel at peace. Exactly. She was just so intelligent. And the fact that she has a full-time job and then has this amazing brand where she's making money off that and being an influencer, like she's someone really good to learn from. She is. And she's not just any influencer. I think the influencer market is so saturated when you hear it. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, everyone thinks they're an influencer. But she has worked with huge brands like Charlotte Tilbury, Coca-Cola, Skims, Fabletics, the list goes on and on. So she has really has an impressive portfolio of brands she's worked with. And overall, she's super intentional in how she lives her life and how she carves out time for friends, family, and for her businesses, especially being an immigrant. I loved hearing her perspective of coming to the United States. She originally was born in the Philippines. I think she came to the United States in her childhood. So it was a really cool interview to have. And it was a different perspective because she's unlike any of the other guests we've previously interviewed. So everyone sit back, relax, rub some lavender essential oil on you and get ready to listen to Naomi Genota and our interview. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about you and how your quarantine's been going so far. I am a content creator and I am a full-time structural engineer. That's my day job. And I live in Los Angeles. My quarantine has been busier than normal. And I think, I don't know, like, I I feel like right now I'm like restructuring everything that's going on in my life. That's why I've been so busy, but everything's been doing great. I've been learning how to cook and um, doing a lot of (laughs) domestic things, which is awesome because I'm usually never home. Being at home is like, you know, helping me to um, take care of things like, you know, my relationships with my family and friends and all that. So it's been awesome. 
Have you been working at home too? Yes. Yes. So I have my work computer set up at home and I do conference calls more often now than before. I know Katie and I are the same. We work nine to fives too. And it's been such an adjustment, but I feel like we're going to be here for a little longer, unfortunately. Right. I think right now a lot of companies are definitely trying to test out the whole work from home and remote situation. I know a lot of companies already do that, but there's still a big chunk of corporates that are still adjusting. So it's going to be a change (laughs) for sure. And I honestly feel like I've had more meetings on my calendar and more work since working from home. Yeah, definitely. Same here. I'm not liking it. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to dive into our segment called Unfiltered Friend. So this is where you give your opinion, your hot take on these topics. So let's start I know you mentioned you live in LA and I feel like everyone's dying to get out to LA. What is the difference between living in LA and what people think living LA is like? Ah, man, it's such a loaded question. But I think like off the top of my head, a lot of people always ask me how the people are. A lot of people say that, you know, people in LA are like rich, fake, spoiled, stuck up, but it's not like that at all. Like, I mean, I've lived in LA since I was 13. LA natives are the most down to earth people. And I think like once you find your specific group of friends, like it's definitely like lifelong friendships and everyone's like super, super hospitable. Yeah, that's definitely not what you see in the media. They got to get some more LA natives out in the media. Yeah, for sure. And then I know a lot of people always ask about the traffic too. I mean, there are places in LA that are like super traffic. And I feel like over the years, I've been very strategic on how to maneuver around traffic. And I mean, if you really want to see like true traffic, go to third world country. (laughs) Like I, I grew up in the Philippines and it nothing compared to what LA traffic is. So it's much worse. <laughs> wow. I've never experienced LA traffic personally. I've only been there once. And when I was there, was on a school field trip in college. And we weren't really in LA. We were in the suburbs. So I never got to experience it. But I feel like everyone always talks about it. And I just see bumper traffic on all these Snapchats. There's traffic everywhere because in Philly, like just for me getting to work, sometimes it can take an hour and a half, which is crazy. So there's traffic everywhere. I think it's just like the part of life and people like, yeah, you can say LA traffic is so bad, but it's bad in a lot of cities. (laughs) Right. What about running into celebrities? I feel like everyone always thinks, oh, I'm in LA. I'm going to see all these people. What's the reality of that? Um, I mean, you definitely see celebrities um, everywhere. I think more more likely, like if you're closer to Beverly Hills, West LA, Hollywood, out here, I actually don't even like. It's not abnormal for me now. I just see them like, oh, okay, that's. Who have been your favorite spottings in LA that you've seen? I have seen Jimmy Kimmel at a farmer's market before. Love him. Yeah, he is super nice. Um, Did you say hi? Yes, I did. 
and he's super nice. I've also been on his show before, so... Um, no for what? Yeah. So LA has this thing where you can be an audience for any tapings of the shows for free. And um, I've been in one of those. I usually take, like, if I have family that's visiting in LA, I usually take them to see shows like that. And they love it because they get to see celebrities. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Let's dive into more about you, Naomi. So you mentioned you moved to LA when you were 13. So what was that like for you, coming from the Philippines to going to LA? It was such a big adjustment. I had no idea how the schools were. I wasn't used to having, you know, uh, people that didn't look like me. I definitely got bullied when I was in middle school. Um, People made fun of my food that I brought to school. (laughs) And so I was like basically ashamed of bringing like Filipino food to school that I told my parents, buy me Lunchables or just give me lunch money so I can just buy food at the cafeteria. That breaks my heart hearing that. Middle school kids are definitely not nice. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, it was such an adjustment. And I also, I wanted the popular kids to stop making fun of me. And so um, there was actually one incident where I let them copy my homework just so they would stop making fun of my name, making fun of um, what I brought to school that was unusual for them. Um, And then I got caught by my science teacher and she gave me detention. (laughs) trying to fit in it's like just give you this one moment please right guess what look where you are now you are succeeding not only do you have a job but you have a bomb instagram like getting all these deals so all those kids can be laughing now because i bet they're doing nothing (laughs) (laughs) thank you on your instagram being like oh what's she doing next exactly So tell us about how you became a lifestyle influencer. I actually started out on Instagram as a beauty blogger. I had a knack for like makeup and anything to deal with beauty. And so I just started um, posting like makeup things that I bought. And I didn't even know that Instagram was like a growing social media platform that there were a lot of people that were interested in hearing more about what I had to say about beauty. And so I grew my following that way. Oh, and then I started uh, doing YouTube videos for beauty for like a few years. And then I think it was like maybe 2015 that I took a step back because I wanted to work on my career as a structural engineer. And then also I was in school for my master's and I just couldn't take on a lot of things at once. And so I decided to take a step back. And then it was probably like a few years ago, I took a trip to the Philippines with my family and I just loved the traveling lifestyle and being able to experience life being at home, like after being away from it for so long. Mm -hmm. And I just got kind of inspired. And I was like, I really want to come back and show a little bit more about myself. That's, you know, deeper than beauty and makeup. And I want to impact people that way. And so I came back. And it took a lot of like fine tuning my content to where it is now. But yeah, like I just really wanted to inspire other people in that way. 
And you've definitely inspired us. We actually just downloaded your packet that you released of how to partner with brands and your kind of step-by-step toolkit of what you do. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) When that came out, Vic sent it to me immediately. And I was like, this is genius. So just for people who don't know, can you explain what you just released? So I just released a guide. It's basically the beginner's guide to brand collaborations. I've had this idea for maybe half a year now. And I know constantly for the past year, a lot of my friends who are also influencers and people who've been following me for a few years now, and even some of my close friends, they always ask me how I'm able to work with like big brands that they know. I mean, I would, I love responding to those questions every day, but I figured I was like, you know what, I'll just release a guide. I'll just talk about everything that I've learned over the years and hopefully it'll help someone else. We're very excited to start using it. Oh, yay. We saved it into our Google Drive. We're like, we cannot wait to conquer this. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Like, I'm so happy to hear that. And I really respect how you posted it without having to charge people and all that and just like sharing what you know, because I feel like sometimes some influencers are very like secretive about how they get things or things like that. So I love how like real and authentic it is. Oh, thank you. I think definitely collaboration over competition any day. Like I'll take that any day. Like I love sharing with other people what I've learned because I mean, it took me longer to get to where I am and it'd be awesome if I'd help someone do it in half the time that I did. Completely. And I think that's what we've loved about this podcast. Like just starting this, we started this in March. It's just the collaboration we've got to do. We've had the opportunity to meet with so many different people and learn all these different industries and backgrounds. And it's just been a great opportunity to collaborate and learn about different industries. Right. So tell us about what it's been like for you collabing with these huge brands. You have a huge list of brands. Just to name off, um, we saw Tarte, Coca-Cola, Charlotte Tilbury. Absolute, one of my favorite. Love vodka. Kim, Fabletics, Pretty Little Thing. What has that been like and how have you gotten those opportunities? Um. Oh my God. I still feel starstruck every time I get an email or if I get reached out to by a big brand. Just because I still feel so humbled that these brands find me credible enough to even represent them. I think for me, it's all about the hustle and just like reaching out constantly and putting my name out there. I think that's definitely what made me stand out among everyone else is that the amount of time that I put into it on the back end. Yeah. And as for deliverables, I know that's the part in your packet that you've released. How do you kind of decide which brand gets what kind of deliverables content wise? It definitely depends on the campaign that they have. Like it's definitely seasonal and I try as much as possible to incorporate it to what's going on in my daily life. Like let's say, for example, Mother's Days and I do a partnership and kind of come up with a story around that time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I come up with ideas. I usually, every time I pitch, I would um, come up with one or two ideas that I could come up with for my content and um, it'll just depend. So. Let's dive into time management because you mentioned you have a nine to five. You're also doing your lifestyle influencer job on the side. I really don't know how you balance it because Vic and I are struggling to even balance the podcast with regular work. So tell us how you do this. What are your 
tips and tricks to we need the secrets (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my very first tip would be to go in your week with intention so I feel like for me Sunday nights are most busy for me because I look at my calendar um, on a weekly basis and also on a monthly basis. One of the things that I love to do is assign time blocks for my tasks. So if I have appointments or things like that and I have empty slots in my calendar, I utilize that time to do something that's productive for me. Like let's say if it's like reading emails or pitching or like reading or responding to comments and stuff like that. So I really try my best to maximize my 24 hours because, you know, everyone has 24 hours in a day and time is your most important asset and it's either you invest it or you waste it. And so um, I always make sure that I have, you know, the goal in mind every time I'm about to do a task. And also like, one of the things that I've learned over the years is how to say no so that I'm not burnt out or I'm overwhelming myself. Like I feel like probably around 2016, 2017, I was like getting really burnt out and I couldn't really stretch myself. And so I decided to take steps back on some things and by making sure that I rest, that I have enough sleep, that I have time to eat that I exercise, I meditate. So you saying this is something that speaks to me because I have a problem. I'm a yes man right now. And (laughs) I say yes to every single opportunity that comes my way, whether it's like social, work-related, really anything. So how do you say no to your friends without it coming off the wrong way? I think for me, I am very fortunate to have friends who understand where I am in my life right now. I feel like for them too, they respect that I honor their time. Um, So if they're busy, like I'm completely respectful of that. And so they give me the same respect back. If they're really your friends, they will support you in any of your pursuits, no matter what. And so if you're saying no, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, like a no forever. I feel like for me, like what I do is like, oh, I can't make it. Is there another time just so that, you know, you continue the conversation or you actually have a schedule so that you intentionally meet that need for your relationship with your friends to grow? Like, I mean, for me, I am very intentional with the people that I love. And so I make sure that I make time for them. And so I think for for me, like I always tell them, like, when are you free? I'll put that down on my calendar. And for them or them hearing that, you know, I'm putting them on my calendar makes them feel better that, you know, I'm not just, you know, doing work, 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 but I'm also like taking the time to build that relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good tip. I feel like once it's on the calendar, that means it's actually happening. Right. So I got to start doing that, is putting in some time blocking. Um, have you been dating at all? And what's dating been looking like for you with managing your two businesses? Uh, <laughs> I'm actually not dating. <laughs> I mean, neither am I. I'm single as a Pringle. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, I've been single for like two years and I personally just wanted to use this time to grow myself. I feel like I was in a relationship for seven years before 
being single. And so I am doing a lot of soul searching. And so I think for me, I, in that past relationship, I lost a lot of myself. And so right now is like the perfect time for me to spend some time alone and really know what my identity is by myself before I'm able to cater to someone else. And if I'm ever to date, it will be like something serious. And I feel like I've gone on dates, don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. I think for me, like when I go into a date or a situation, I know exactly what I'm getting out of it. Like right now, if I'm ever to date, like I said, I want it to be serious. And so if if I know that it's not going to be serious, I'm going to respect their time and tell them it's not going to go anywhere. So I'm to them, you tell them it's not going to go anywhere. Yes, I do. (laughs) It sucks to hear, but... Okay, because I feel like sometimes when people do that, they get a really horrible response or they get no response. So how do you really navigate that? I just say like, I just don't want to string you along if I know it's going to be a dead end. And... I think a lot of people respect that because I don't want to hold them back on their full potential either. No, that makes sense. That makes really good sense. I've always just been too afraid to do that. And I feel like I'm 23. A lot of 23 year olds will just ghost because they're too afraid to say how they feel. So I'm going to test that out. I'm going to test that out next time I'm going to date and it doesn't work. And I'm going to let you know how it works because I'm either going to get a really nice response or a really rude response. (laughs) (laughs) well you'll definitely get rude responses like I've definitely gotten that to where the guy blocked me on everything that's just Um, it's on yeah I mean I get that people get butthurt I definitely don't want to waste anyone's time. I'm honest to God having the time of my life being single right now. And a lot, I think a lot of people have this idea of what relationships are going to do for their life. And to be honest, like if you haven't fixed those issues by yourself, it's only going to be exposed in a relationship. And I think for me, like I want to make sure that my house and my personal life is in order before I meet, you know, the one or the right one, whatever, whoever he may be. Yeah, you're so right. Because even though I am in a relationship, I'm in a long distance relationship. Um, So I live in Philly, and he's home in New York, because we started dating in high school. And now with my first job in college, I decided to move to Philly. So we've been doing long distance. And I really feel like sometimes long distance can be really beneficial in your younger years, because it gives me like the independence to work on myself so much because he's not with me all the time. So that's where I see like a big perk in our relationship doing long distance so I'm completely getting what you're saying and even Katie's like that now that needed this (laughs) yeah because like we're in a phase where we, we really need to be working on ourselves or else you're not building that foundation Exactly. So I was in a relationship recently. Actually, it's not recent at all. It was, <laughs> it was what, like a year ago? Like I was dating someone for two years, a year ago, and he still reaches out to me, which is like, it's whatever at this point. But no, I think I didn't resolve issues within myself. So then it would come out in our relationship and I wasn't loving from a happy place. I was loving for my insecurities. And then it just wasn't the best for the relationship. Mm-hmm. I just love how intentional you are. I feel like this is a really great meditation session that I needed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it took a long time to get here. Trust me. (laughs) So what have you found 
of the benefits of meditation because I want to try to get into it, but I just never have known how to start. I think it starts with like you just do breathing exercises and also a lot of telling yourself positive things and letting that manifest. I think for me, I've had a lot of issues over the years and insecurities and feeling like I'm not good enough. And I think one of the biggest like changes in my life is telling me that I am good enough and speaking into existence what I'd like to become. So do you have a routine for this? Do you wake up in the morning and you do this? Is there a time? I usually wake up in the morning and tell myself five things that I am really good at and that I want to become for the day. And I also tell my myself things that I'm grateful for. I think right now, a lot of us haven't really taken the time to share what we're thankful for. But right now, since you know, we're, we're inside and we're alive and healthy, we say our gratitude to the littlest things that we do have. And I think being grateful is a practice because with the world we live in today, Instagram, we're constantly seeing what everyone else has. And it yeah. takes away from, okay, I want this, I want this, but what do I have that I'm grateful for? Right. I really like everything you're saying because I think I need to start practicing one, meditation, and two, what I'm grateful for, especially in these quarantine times. Like just being able to have a family, have a roof over your head and having food are three of the best things that I know could have because a lot of people don't have that and we take it for granted. Yes, exactly. So what? I know this quarantine has been making me realize things I'm not taking for granted. Okay, so speak. Things we're not taking for granted anymore. What are you not taking for granted anymore? My kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Someone needs to get you a HelloFresh subscription. (laughs) I am like learning how to cook. Like I took for granted my sister and my parents like taking care of me over the years. But now like I'm in my apartment by myself. I can't see them right now so I'm learning how to use my kitchen to feed myself (laughs) so it's awesome (laughs) it's a growing experience oh yeah definitely (laughs) so we're gonna dive into hangover or get over which is kind of our advice section of our podcast so these are questions that people write in that they want to know from you sure Um, what's something you wish someone told you about having an influencer side hustle um, geez. I know it's a loaded question. <laughs> it is a loaded question, but I think I would tell myself to um not give up on it and to just go for it. I think for me, when I started, I was very hesitant in looking at the big picture. I always kind of looked at it in the beginning as a hobby. And I think it's definitely how I was brought up. Like I grew up in an immigrant home. And so the formula for success usually is, you know, go to school, get a degree, get a job, and then you'll be okay. And I never really explored like my creative side until I dove in into this influencer world. And I never really see the full potential until, you know, recently. And so I feel like looking back, I would definitely tell my my past self to just go for it. And the second question we got in was, what do you wish someone told you about the competition in LA? And I feel like that may kind of go hand in hand with what you just said about just going for it. 
I was talking to my friends about this last night over our virtual Zoom call. I think one of the biggest lessons that I've had, there's no timeline for your life. I think a lot of us like look at, you know, our friends or the people around us or like people on Instagram and constantly love to compare ourselves. Hey, like I met this amount of followers. Why am I not getting as much traction or as much like brand deals as this person? Or like, why am I not where I'm at? And I feel like, you know, it's a lot of character building. I think for me now, like I'm in my 30s, I never envisioned myself to be like, you know, single at 31. Like I, th- I've always thought of myself like getting married before I'm 30. And now that I'm actually at that age, I'm just like, I'm completely content with where I'm at and I'm having the time of my life. And I never thought I would be able to say that, but it's also because I know that um, my purpose is different than everyone else and not everyone thinks like me and that, you know, I have lessons that I have to learn for myself that someone probably already learned earlier than I did, or someone is probably going through something different or has had different struggles than I have. And you just got to learn that everyone's different. You make such a great point because I feel like with any guests that we interview and the common theme of what they're going back to saying is do things for yourself, believe in yourself and don't compare yourself because that is something that I mean, we talk about this all the time that we're constantly doing. So I love the advice you're giving. And it's the thief of joy. And I think what you're saying is showing that, okay, everything happens for a reason. And one of the quotes I love is something that everyone has their different seasons that they're blossoming in. Like it may not be your season right now, but your season's coming or someone may be in their winning season and, you know, they won't be in that forever. So I think that goes back to comparing and just taking your time to work on you and and love on yourself to grow, to make yourself feel whole within yourself. Right. And mm -hmm, totally. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they need to look at the current situation or current season of their life and ask themselves, like, what is this season teaching me? And how can I get to the end or to the next level? Reflection is key. And I feel like in this whole conversation, you seem like a very reflected, grounded person. So whenever something happens in your life, it seems like you reflect on it and they're like, okay, what is the takeaway from this? Right. I never look at failure as, you know, something negative. I mean, yes, at that moment you feel like the negativity, but then also like I always try to look back and see what has this taught me and how did it get me to where I am now? So I'm always like a problem solver. I'm always looking at the solution. That's the stem in you. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> and honestly, it's very unique that you have the STEM side of you and also the creativity. So kudos to you for combining both those sides of your brain. Oh, thank you. Not that many people are gifted with both of those skills. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely use my creativity at work, so it's definitely taken me places. <laughs> I love to hear that. So last segment we have is Power Move. What is the life hack, tip, trick, advice you want to give to our listener that has gotten you to this point? I think for me, the biggest thing is consistency and persistency. I think a lot of people um, are so gung-ho on the idea that they want fast success. They want to make the quickest buck. 
and they rely on going viral or they rely on, you know, quick turnover. But I think a lot of people like don't realize that, you know, being consistent actually pays off and investing like little things every single day builds up to an even bigger thing for you to propel your life forward. And I think for me, creating like those good habits every single day has definitely made a big change in my life in an exponential type of way. And it's because I decided that I, I'm not going to give up, that I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing until I get a result. And if I'm not getting a result, then it means I have to restructure what I'm doing and see why it's not working and just keep going. I feel like an inspirational book is in your future. Uh- <laughs> and sign you because that was you know, it's funny. It's it's funny because my mom actually 10 years ago, she told me that she had a dream that I wrote a book. And so that that might be a thing of the future there. <laughs> We're manifesting it now. It's going to happen. Well, thank you so much, Naomi, for coming on. Everyone go and follow her on social media. Do you want to tell us all of your social media handles to follow you up? Oh, yeah. So my Instagram handle is Naomi's, N-A-O-H-M-S. It is my nickname and that's where it came from. And my blog is called OutsideMyCubicle.com. Cubicles get me every time. I thought they were fake until I started working and I was like, oh, this is a corporate life. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again for coming on and everyone check out our episode next week and follow us at the Moral Hangover Podcast. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.